This week, a spring tonic for you, Mi'kmaq style. Celebrating sweet water and the maple sugar moon, I'm Glenn Wheeler. And this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. This is episode 172. Thanks for your support via patreon.com and email transfer, migma.matters at gmail.com. We'll on. This week, we'll be speaking with Kathy Lalong and Dave Chapman of the Mi'kmaq Moons Project about the spring moon, which will be full this coming Sunday, March 28th. But first, a note for Halibu members. The next regular meeting of Halibu Chief and Council is this coming Saturday, March 27th. Members can watch the live stream of the meeting by logging in with your GINU credentials. Hopefully we won't have those technical issues we had at the last two meetings. We're expecting an enrollment update after the meeting with the Chief, Vice Chiefs, and Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller. There's also a bit of a sleeper issue. There has been a lot of staff churn in the past year or so with the departure of several senior employees. An organizational review is in the works. Will the consultant behind the disastrous strategic plan we told you about last week be hired for this project also? Stay tuned. Maybe we'll find out. Look for our meeting updates at midday and at adjournment on facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. With the kind of year we've just had, Mother Earth's message of rebirth and renewal are all the sweeter. Spring comes earlier in some parts of Mi'kmaq than others. On some areas of Newfoundland, there may still be snow on the ground. In our territory farther south, a different story. But spring always comes to all of us. Hopefully, wherever you are in Mi'kma'ki or in the world, you will have a clear sky this coming weekend so you can drink in some of that spring tonic. Siuk Ebigus is the Mi'kmaq moon of spring or maple sugar time. We welcome back to the program Kathy Lelong and Dave Chapman of the Mi'kmaq Moons Project. Dave and Kathy offer two-eyed seeing, Dave from the astronomer's point of view, and Kathy from a place of Mi'kmaq culture and tradition. Maple syrup has a special place in Mi'kmaq culture. You may have heard of it in relation to Quebec, where maple sugar time is a big event. But as with so many things, the settlers learned about it from indigenous people. For Mi'kmaq, Maple syrup was sweet water, a medicine as well as a treat because of their cell-producing antioxidant properties. I spoke with Dave and Kathy on the spring equinox, considered to be the first day of spring, and Dave gave us the astronomer's take on the equinox and its importance to many cultures. Uh, As we speak now, uh, recording this, it is uh, Saturday the 20th of March, 2021, and it is in fact today is the the day of the vernal equinox or spring equinox. And astronomically speaking, what that means is that the sun in the sky, uh, its 
it's moving along the ecliptic, which is the imaginary line in the sky where the sun appears to move around the earth uh, through the year. Now we know that the earth moves around the sun, but that's how it appears to us here on the, on the ground. And on this day is when the sun traveling along the ecliptic crosses the celestial equator which is the, the circle in the sky which is if you like the projection of the equator on the earth so at that instant the sun has what we call zero declination because it's on the equator and it also has uh, zero degrees of long longitude because that's the position from which um, the, the position of the sun and the planets and, and everything else is, is uh, measured uh, from this day, from that point in the sky right, where the sun is. So that is the astronomical significance of uh, the, the uh, equinox. Now there's another equinox six months away where it's going from the north down to the south, and that's in September. But what's happening here is that the sun is moving from the southern hemisphere of the sky to the northern hemisphere of the sky. So for people who live where we do, it's spending much more time uh, up in the sky during the day than at night. And so we transition from having more night than day uh, to having more day than night. And so the, the day of the transition is the equinox, equal day and night. I suppose for uh, for our people, it would also be the start of the time of year where more and more they would be outside. It would be warmer, more light. Um, it would they would go from being um, inside, maybe in the uh, in the wigwam or whatever, uh, to being out in the world. And I would just add to that too, Glenn, about you know this is the time of year where things are coming. To life, and I, I think about the maple syrup. I think about my experience um, that I had with seeing it come from uh, the tree for the first time, which was so maternal for me. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I allowed myself to go there, become emotional about, you know, everything around us coming to life and so beautiful, and you know, giving us, you know, things um, like maple sap. And then I go to the frog. Time. You're listening to Mi'kmaq Matters with our guests Kathy Lobal and Dave Chapman of the Mi'kmaq Moons Project. Mi'kmaq people pass down cultural knowledge through stories. Kathy shares one of her Holly and Auntie stories, this one about maple syrup. When Holly came to visit Auntie, she was surprised. You look all dressed up and pretty. Are you going somewhere special? Auntie was wearing a red fur cape over her freshly braided hair. The cape was draped over a long yellow skirt and slightly brushed the floor, showing off her red moccasins. Ribbons of white, yellow, red, and black cloth were hanging from her waist. Tonight I'm going to a gathering to celebrate the springtime, or maple sugar moon, Auntie replied as she put the kettle on the stove. Is it maple sugar moon already? Holly asked. Yes, it might be hard to see as you were driving to my house, but there are white buckets hanging from the trunks of maple trees. Here in Mi'kma'ki, those buckets are now filled with maple sap that we boil to make maple syrup. 
Oh, I can't wait to try the maple syrup again. Holly's eyes opened wide. Me too. I remember years ago, an elder took me to the woods to tap my first maple tree. He cut a slice in the bark of the maple tree and the sap began to pour out slowly. It was beautiful to watch. Something so alive gives us something so sweet. I remember my eyes filled with tears as I watched the drops of sap and I was so grateful that I pulled a strand of my hair out of my braid and put it next to the tree trunk as a thank you for such a wonderful gift of life. Auntie started to pour Holly's tea for her, but then she went to the fridge and brought out a bottle of maple syrup and poured a little in Holly's teacup. To celebrate the springtime or maple sugar moon, here's a bit of maple syrup. That's what we, what we Meemaw, call sweet water. Auntie explained the celebration of maple sugar moon would have dancing and drumming and a feast that would include food made with maple syrup. There will be plenty, there will be a prayer thanking the Creator for all living things and especially for sweet maple sap. Holly finished her tea and gave her auntie a big hug. I will be looking up at the full maple sugar moon tonight, auntie, and I will be thinking of the gift of maple sap and how grateful I am. I want to do this every maple moon, Holly exclaimed. Let's do that, Auntie replied with pride. This was a time of year for the big move by Mi'kmaq people from the interior to the coast, where they'd spend the summer, perhaps in the company of larger groups. Here's another story from Kathy that captures some of what it might have been like to be part of that trek from the interior to the coast. Imagine, outside, there is a little light as the sun is setting below the horizon. You are sitting around a warm fire which is lighting up the face of your auntie who is sitting across from you. All of a sudden, you see a little spark of light dancing around auntie's long braid of hair. You smell the fresh-cut sweet grass that you picked in the meadow wrapped by a sparkling stem. The sweet grass is laid to dry but the rain from the night before intensifies the sweet smell. You smile as your auntie braids the sweetgrass in three sections. This braided hair of Mother Earth reminds you to be kind, honest, and live with a heart full of love. Your auntie lights the sweetgrass and the smoke cleanses your mind, body, and soul. Everything is calm and there's a sense of peace that surrounds you. Again, you see the little spark of light that flashes on and off. There's light, then dark, and it's flashing in front of your eyes. The light comes from a firefly. She gives off light and energy while consuming little from the land on which you rely on for survival. You are reminded that this land provides shelter, food, medicine, clothing, transportation, tools, games, and music and you become grateful and aware of all its beauty. The ground feels warmer as the frost is beginning to emerge from the ground. You recall the time spent removing bark from the birch trees earlier in the day. You know that the shining light of the firefly means that trees are receiving water from the ground from Mother Earth. The water flows up underneath thick layer of birch bark and feeds the leaves that are budding. You remember watching your mom and aunties 
peel the thick layer of bark from the tree. You're delighted to watch as they find a spruce tree and dig into the ground, exposing the roots that they use to join the bark and transform it into a birch bark canoe. You're amazed that the sticky spruce gum seals the canoe and allows you to travel with your family along the waterways from your inland winter camp to the coastal areas where you will be reunited with family and friends once again. You are prepared to walk great distances, but you also look forward to crossing the lakes and rivers in a birch bark canoe. You ask your father if the birch bark wigwam, where you rested your tired head at night, will need to be taken down to travel with you to your coastal home. Your father explains that the wigwam will stay there and will be there when the family returns in the fall. As you and your family make the journey, you look forward to the days when you and your aunties will spend time along the shores of the ocean collecting shellfish, such as mussels, clams, and crabs. You are excited to have your community gathered together on narrow upstream places in the river to trap eel and salmon. You look forward to nights around the fire where you will listen to more stories of the gray firefly as you are embraced by the beauty of the grandmother moon in the sky. We've been speaking with Kathy LeBlanc and Dave Chapman of the Mi'kmaq Moons Project. You can find them on Facebook and on YouTube. And there is a feature on Dave and Kathy in the current issue of Sky News magazine, available on your newsstand and at skynews.ca. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Our intern in residence is Ellen Riopel, a student at the University of King's College School of Journalism in Halifax. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for the latest Mi'kmaq news and views. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Nemaltus. Nemaltus.